Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very you might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about a discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are we doing today, Chris? What a weekend, man. Oh my goodness. We knew something big was coming. We knew it. We all knew it. It's no secret. We had a feeling. Yeah, yeah. the entire community had a, had a collective feeling, for sure, but... And then when AMG actually said, we have a big announcement date set on the calendar, watch the stream. And then we watched the stream. We sure did. Changed. Everything's changed. Everything has changed. We have an entirely new core box coming out. Many of the same characters from the original core box. Not all. Completely new cards and individual um, identities in the game. So third versions of some of these characters. Pretty yeah. interesting. On top of that. And we're about to go through all this stuff, you know, in greater detail. But on top of that, just a new core set to get new players into the game with new tools, new templates, new tokens, slightly improved crisis cards, cleaned up language, etc. There's so many elements that's just it's just There's good for for veteran players and new players alike. And we're going to discuss all that today. We're going to get into greater detail what you get in this core set and what characters are looking like in this core set. And we're going to give our honest initial impressions. We've we've not done any deep digging into these cards where we've been saving it for the podcast and we've not listened to anyone else's thoughts either. We're, we're just trying to give you our first initial take. And then of course, with the nature of our show, we're going to be doing all these characters on primary episodes in the future. Oh, it's going to be gonna, fun. Yeah. And we're going to dig way deeper and on those episodes as well. And obviously we'll hopefully improve on our initial takes. We have hit upon that spot in the game that we are, we have been looking forward to since day one, Jesse, where we get to see some of these characters for a third time and really dig in on the character lore episode, really 
you know, I'm not sure what format we're going to go with for a character's third appearance on, on, you know, the normal format. So yeah, you know, feel free to shoot me some suggestions guys, you know, but I'll try to think up something different from their second appearance. So it distinguishes itself a little bit, but we'll yeah. see where we go. It's a very exciting time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It'll probably be some sort of iteration on our second format since our second format's already so different. So I'm hoping we can find something really exciting to do with that. But yeah, I mean, some of these characters, you know, off the top of my head, it's like Peter Parker, Steve Rogers, Iron Man, Black Tasha. Yeah. Yeah. On our show in particular, we have done two iterations of those. So it's exciting to like try a third coming up on our on our show in the future. But before we get into all that, I mean, a couple, I guess, exciting news tidbits that aren't related to the core set. Well, in fact, might actually be related to the core set for me with the sequence of events, but I did post this on the patron discord. I guess I finally get to announce it. What's very exciting, Chris, but Chris, something you've known for a little bit of time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got recruited by the, one of the United States teams for the world team championship in Denmark in Copenhagen, Denmark this year to play in the premier competitive MCP team format. And what's exciting about that is this is the first year that that premier event has added MCP. So not only is it the first year of the event for our game, of course they do 40k warm warm of horse oh, yeah. all kinds of insane stuff every every year at this event. This is the premier team event in the world. This is this is good news not only for you and for those those others going. And congratulations by the way officially. Thank you. It's very humbling and shocking. Oh, and it's exciting. it's awesome. You you deserve it my friend. But it's a very exciting time for the game too because we've hit that we've hit that point where we are big enough, we've been around enough We've pro- the community has proven to show up enough that we are considered with you know some of these long term like very popular uh, tabletop skirmish games, and I think that's a very very good sign for the next few years. Oh, absolutely! And what a perfect time to have a team tournament. And you know the team tournament's such a unique format because no crossover characters. You share between your whole team. Your team has five members. So if someone's getting Iron Man, that's one player's getting Iron Man for the whole tournament, for example, right? Or in my case, maybe like Logan or something. Someone would get Logan and that's it. No crossovers, you know? There's a lot of hard decisions there to make as a team, you know? Yeah. And in addition to that, like, I think it makes lists maybe more thematic because you're going to lean into your affiliations more, whatever affiliations you land on. We're still figuring that out. But also it playing these premier teams from across the world, all in Copenhagen. And then by the end, we'll have one country's team will win the whole thing. Yeah. And hopefully I'll, and I'll learn a lot about the game because I'll be playing players that I've never had the opportunity of playing against. Right. Which is incredible. And I'll be alongside some of the greatest players in North America that I have played against a lot. But this time yeah. we're on the same team, <laughs> which is very exciting as well. Very cool. So yeah, it's just it's just a, a big moment to discuss and announce to you guys because it's something I'm going to cover on the podcast if everything goes to plan. And with all that said, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm trying to save money and trying to plan and trying to figure out if I can do this, uh, take a half week off from my family and you know it's a whole day to commute over there and stuff like that. So there's a lot of moving parts and I had a lot of people on my team and within the community encourage me to start a GoFundMe. So that's something I did. And I'm going to post the link. I posted on the Discord and I'll post it on the show notes for this, but it was with uh, Tooth and Claw that I made it. <laughs> Gnashing of teeth, I suppose. Yeah. I'm so happy I did. Something Chris and I talked about, it's our generation, our particular age bracket, possibly, and then oldest child syndrome, a lot of elements, you know? And I was There's like, a lot. Yeah. And you and I have the same, the same feelings on this. And, yeah. you know, coming from also from, you know, kind of the 
DIY punk and hardcore scenes, both 100%. of us, you know, it's kind of a hard thing to ask a lot of times. So good on you for being able to make that decision and, and face up to those completely unrealistic feelings that we had developed during our early childhood for whatever reasons. And uh, no, it's awesome, man. And you're going to have a great time. And I think, I think the team is going to do very well. Absolutely, Chris. I, I think we're, if it, in the very least, we're going to have the time of our life. And this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And that's kind of what fueled all these decisions for me is like, well, I'm already honored to be part of this team with these incredible players. Number two, I, I got to make this happen because this is a once in a lifetime chance. Sure, they'll probably have WTC again next year in Copenhagen. But right. Will I get to return? Will it even be an option on the table? Will I be on a team? There's so many elements. And this year, it's like, well, everything's pointing to yes, if I can just save the money. Right cut money now, have a little less fun for a couple months. And then of course, all the people that have been showing up that are from our listeners and friends and family that have been donating a little bit to the GoFundMe to help me kind of do it on a shoestring budget. Because that's what I'm trying to do. I think the coolest thing about the WTC is, first of all, Copenhagen's not one of the most expensive places to fly in the world, which is great. I mean, in the scale of like, yeah, flying to Europe is just going to be expensive no matter what, but it's maybe on the middle or lower end of that, which is nice. That's lucky. And then on top of that, the WTC tournament is so well organized and done and very European in the sense of they really try to get players there. So they try to make the tournament itself and the lodging affordable. Huh. What a concept. Yeah. What a concept. And then they, and then they encourage things like GoFundMe's and things like that because they want everyone there because they want to have the most premier event you can have, right? Like what is it if you can't have some of the best players from wherever, like from Australia come, right? Like they want that. So, or United States. So or multiple numerous other countries. So I'll post a link for that. And, you know, it's just one of those things. It's looking like it might be possible now, but that's so cool. I'm just trying, you know, at this point, and I'm going to lean into it. And I'm going to give you guys lots of updates on the Patreon, most notably, but of course on this primary feed as well, because it's going to, I'm probably going to have a lot of exciting stories when we get back of games that I got to participate in. <laughs> I believe that. But moving on, Chris, before we get into our show today, we got some people to thank. <laughs> Fury's Finest is supported by Mr. Laser. Go to mr-laser.square.site for all of your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Of course, Fury's Finest is also supported by iWarGame. iWarGame makes the best marked maps for MCP, and we highly recommend checking them out at iWarGame.net. We have been recently playing on the new iWarGame Volume 2 maps, most notably the Mars Colony and the like forest map, beautiful maps, and bring a lot of variability to our games and break up oh, the, yeah. city, the city mold, you know? So I recommend checking them out. But then on top of that, they have numerous city options to meet what your building needs or like what you have. So we highly recommend that. Of course, our show Furious Finest is supported by our patrons at patreon.com slash Furious Finest. If you enjoy the show or would like to join our private Discord community, consider supporting us at that link. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we have a very special shout out to Tim. Thank you, Tim. Thank you so much, Tim. It means a lot. And if it's the Tim I'm thinking about, it's extra special. So thank you so much, Tim. Every Tim is special to me. Absolutely. Um, especially the ones that I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dear friends. So who knows? You know, you never know, Chris. But of course, we cannot do the show without our Avenger producers, Rich, Puyon, and Sean. You know, the Patreon and the Avengers have been down because we've been in a a lull moment for MCP, but you guys are still with us that are still with us. Thank you guys. Means a lot. All right, Chris, let's get into our news update today. Well, Jesse, there's a lot to get to. And we mentioned it at the top of the show. 
we've got a new core box coming. So really quickly, before we get into the meat and taters for the day, mm-hmm. let's just go over what this core box is going to give us. Two new heroes and villain teams. We're going to get, I think you mentioned it at the top, we're going to get new tokens, newly designed tokens. We're going to get newly designed crisis cards. They're going to be bigger. They're going to have the map set up there on the card for you instead of having to consult a separate sheet or picture on your phone. It's just going to be way, way more handy, which I'm, I'm just exceedingly excited about that, to be honest. I'm very excited about that too, because you're just going to bring that crisis, right? And that's all you need. You don't mm-hmm. need to get your tarot card sleeves ready because these are tarot, tarot card size. Ordering some more. So another thing I'm pretty excited about that's kind of mon- mundane, but the new movement and placement tools, the new range tools, I'm very excited on these new movement tools because yeah. they've got the, instead of both sides being indented to be able to nestle or nestle, nestle, you know, your the base of your model into, it's only one side. So this reinforces the kind of misrepresented rule many times that the model needs to be tucked into that indention. And on the far side of where it's moving, it just has to be touching your movement tool. Now, this is something I got wrong for a long time. This is something I see a lot of people continue to get wrong. And it's kind of a minor thing, but in a game of such small measurements and movements, you know, it does matter. So just something to keep in mind. And uh, I like that these new movement tools reinforce the proper interpretation of the rule. I agree completely. Uh, you know, myself and Myster- other Mysterio players out there rejoice because now you'll never <laughs> screw up your mis- your turn one yeah. Mysterio movement, right? Where he's he's genuinely so slow, you need every little bit of millimeter you can get. And now there's no messing that up, right? And in, in theory, if you just if you put him in the right spot, he's going to go his max distance every time. Right. Wonderful. I think that's it for the uh, accoutrement. If I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. correct, we're getting. I think we'll probably be getting some terrain in here as well. Yeah, a lot of new terrain, some elements from some of the terrain packs, which I think is very inspired, yeah. some from the original core set, and some new terrain, which well, I'm, I'm really excited about. Very prominently, they're just, just they keep throwing rocks on a corporation at us, and I'm just I'm just waiting for Minotaur guys. Come on, there we go. Yeah, we first <laughs> get the rocks on corner store, but then there's some elements you can add optionally into the terrain, which really was singing to me, where it's like these these Ultron drones bodies on the ground and some of them crushed under wreckage and stuff like that they like doing this right they like doing this with the mutants of having various sentinel yeah parts around and now with these avengers you know as we'll get into we're, we're gonna see more you know ultron drones around yeah you nailed it with the terrain stuff chris and then of course you know we're about to get into it in a moment but 11 new characters that's a new thing the original course that was 10 right so we're already kind of we know it's going to be a little bit more pricey, just by innately what you get, you're getting more stuff. But then additionally, with all this, AMG did announce briefly the new competitive timeline format, which we oh, still don't know that much right. about. But Will Schick did do an interview on the Professional Casual Network. I highly recommend you checking it out. It's in our show notes as well. And this is the new format for basically only select premier con events. They, this is not going to be like an enforced, like the new competitive format. And, you know, they did say too, this is the new, one of the new competitive formats. This is not going to be like a, then they said, we completely expect this not to be the main format 
ever going forward, right? This is going to be a, I'm not going to necessarily going to say the word optional, but it is, it's going to be a premier format that happens at certain events and stuff throughout the year. And it's going to be a six month rotation of models that you can play in the format, which I also think is very inspired, very cool because they said they can lean in thematically and they said they can also lean in meta wise and trim some meta stuff down. Interesting. I have not got to see that interview yet. I think that it might quell some of my apprehension, which I've cooled on. I I did not initially uh, like the format, but the more I've gotten to ruminate on it, I think I was just being an old (laughs) fuddy-duddy. Fair enough. Yeah. Quick summary of the format is there's going to be a pool of characters you can pick from. It's going to be a two to three day event, depending on the size and number of rounds. And the way it's going to work is you're going to show up to the event. You're going to have three different rosters Mm. through the course of the event. You will play all your rosters. But what's interesting is within all your rosters, there can be no crossover of characters. There could be no crossover of tactics cards. The only thing that can cross over is crisis cards to play the game. You know, I think it's absolutely inspired. It is genuinely a true competitive format because it's like, you're not metagaming anything really. You're just like, oh, you know what? I brought a mono Web Warriors team. I brought a mono X-Men team. I brought a mono Avengers team with no crossover in any of them. And I just played well every day. I really like the idea of that. We will we will see how things shake out. Once again, I still have a couple apprehensions, but I do believe that they will make the right choices. Uh, I Atomic Mass has given me no reason to doubt them when it comes to the big, the big stuff, right? Yes. Yes, yeah, certainly. So, they still have trust with me. So I, I believe this is going to be cool and I'm going to try to participate in one of these uh, in its first, you know, first iteration. I agree completely. And I'm really excited about it too, especially someone like me that likes to try to play everything. Well, yeah, that's, that's something that, that it's a desire I have as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't, haven't quite gotten, gotten there yet, but maybe this is the push in the right direction, right. That I need. Uh, absolutely. And I also think too, this format, like I've been kind of alluding to this whole little discussion skirting around that just, I just think it will be more thematic innately just by the fact of narrowing 160 ish models down to 60 in a six month period. And then also being like, Oh, I want to play X team X-Men or whatever. Well now, like I really do want to pull the X-Men that I can get, you know, from that format. And I also don't want those X-Men in my other rosters. Right. So I think by nature of that, it's kind of reducing a lot of the things some people maybe feel stagnant on right now, where it's like, oh, any list could potentially use Beta Ray Bill or something right now in this Correct. given moment in time, which will probably change within a month. With with the amount of four threat characters, right. spoiler alert for the rest of the episode, uh, with the amount of four threats we're about <laughs> to have. Yeah, Bill's still going to be around. He's still good. He still has a place, but he's not going to be a ubiquitous splash anymore. There's just too many options. Right. And this format would like nip something like that. Yes. In the bud, especially maybe maybe the Malekith or Hulk problem, right? Yes, absolutely. And I just think, you know, with that in mind, I think it's really interesting because you're like, okay, I'm going to play Asgard one of those. Well, I need Bill in that roster, right? But you that means do. by the nature, I'm not playing Bill the rest of the weekend at all. I literally can't. I'm banned from playing him the rest of the weekend. So that's just one example of why I think the lore is going to come through, but also it's going to be more competitive in a different way. It's going to be more competitive like, oh, it's not all about power pieces per se. You know, it's it might could just be about who plays the rosters the best and did you make the right decision? Should you have played Asgard day one or should you played Asgard day two? You know? Yeah. There's a lot of metagaming in this one. And some of the things that I'm interested in is 
with that trimming mm. of the rosters and, and some of these power pieces gone, for instance, you know, you see Pyro a lot right now because he's very good into specific big boy models. So maybe those big boys aren't around. This isn't maybe a specific Pyro talk, but this is saying that that spot in your roster is now open. It is open for experimentation. It is ex- open for different models that maybe you haven't thought about playing in a while because you just can't play them into Malekith. But Malekith's not around in this format, this go around or next go around or whatever, what what it may be. You know, Any of these names I'm saying are interchangeable. They're all just examples off the top of my head. But this being able to open up some play for maybe a Scarlet Witch Splash or, or something like that. Characters that you're not usually comfortable putting on the board because there's just too much threat for them Mm. going away very quickly or just getting wiped out. I think they're going to be a little more viable now. And I'm very excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. And the last little bit of information Schick said on this was they could also potentially lead into the meta thing aside. They, he said they also could just lean into lore with this format as well. Also they could have something like the first six months of the years is the secret wars event. They can't, we already did that. Stay away, Schick. Yeah, right. You hear me? Another example he gave was like World War Hulk. You know, he was just mm. throwing out ideas. I don't know if he was giving anything concrete, but he was giving examples of think about what happened during World War Hulk, maybe some of the players in that. And we could theme the event around something like that. And then before we switch it to the next one, it's definitely a very, very ripe, you know, playground of thought at the moment. Yeah. And I think the last bit for it that's super interesting is it's it's gonna get some of your painted models that you don't play very much to the table, maybe. Yeah. Where it's for like sure. like I think crossbones would be a good example of that, where it's like he's a really strong piece in some of the teams he's in, but we just don't see him that much. Well, we would just see him more in this format by the nature of those players playing criminals, cabal, hydra, stuff like that. They might just need him to make 10 models. You know what I mean? So time will tell. I'm just curious to see how all of this goes. But Chris, that leads us right into Earth's mightiest core set and we're going to talk about the sculpts first we're going to start with the good guys all right let's do this roster reveal i've been building up to it you got to let me do it yeah earth's mightiest heroes led by captain america first avenger steve rogers that's right folks a new captain america with a new tactical rock jesse thoughts on this uh pose here pose is incredible just the core set steve's just been dethroned by both steves now fully they, i just, mean that's just that's the just the nature of the game uh, atomic mass, the sculpting department has grown mm. by leaps and bounds. And I don't think they were ever bad per se. They're no. just, they're very experienced and they're, they're, they're in their bag right now. Well, I get a little, little bit of obviousness out of the way. This corset does have more models, more terrain, more elements, and it does cost more money. So all that said, I still think it's like a steal for the money, but I also think that some of the money you're paying for went into this corset having higher quality models in general that are in line with the current box release models of MCP, which the original course sure. was not because it was more mass produced and obviously a steal. <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah, yeah, they, they had to get Steve. a player. They had to get a player player base pretty quick, right? New Steve looking good. He's got his chest out star forward. He is ready. He is surveying the field. What a he is leading. What a boss. Next up, Jesse, I know this is just how it's shaken out. This is the way I, the order I'm going. I know this is your favorite sculpt, but this is the spectacular Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Let's go. Give me those thoughts. First of all, another Peter Parker. I'm very happy, but also here it is, folks. You guys know why this is probably my favorite sculpt. First of all, Spider-Man's not 
having the issue the first Spider-Man has. I'm not going to talk about the basing yet, Chris. I had such a problem with the first Spider-Man. It was my least favorite skull for the longest time because, first of all, he's on the ground. That's bad. <laughs> Number two, no motion with Spider-Man. It's also not great. So we had two of his major elements missing. And then obviously AMG has changed that dramatically since the Rivals panel, Peter Parker in motion, you know, shooting out a web line, the amazing Peter Parker, literally like jumping off a tower as it's exploding, you know what I mean? In motion. This is no different. We have Peter doing his uh, sideways Spidey sense dodge that he does, you know, and, but most notably the coup de gras is the venom symbiote, not venom himself. The venom symbiote is on the base trying to bite at Peter, but also tendrils flying all around too, creating a lot of dynamism in the mini it's a little reminiscent of the original daredevil sculpt in the way his uh yep. batons are flying around him but it's better better executed i believe because spider-man is mid-air the i mean the he's connect point the here yeah, yeah he's doing the twist mid-motion escaping the the venom symbiote uh, the venom symbiote is his point of contact so he's not connected to some random piece of something or other it's yeah it, it's all very grounded it's very cool the motion is very very good props props to the sculpting studio for this one yeah i think this is going right up there with for me top 10 with lizard you know mm-hmm. obviously some similarities with lizards dynamic sewer basing as well All right, we are going to have to move on now to the invincible Iron Man. It's Tony Stark. I'm not sure which suit this is. I'll figure it out soon. It's like the Mark II or something, right? It's early. I think it's. I think it's newer, man. I almost. I could be wrong. Don't give me this. This is initial thoughts. I have not properly looked into this, but yeah, it could be that um, that mostly red suit. I'm thinking about painting it as the red and chrome suit, even though it's not. Uh, I don't know. It just sounds fun to me. But anyway, this suit he is—he's—he's he's taking off. We've got a good energy project, uh, energy uh, representation here. A good blast off on the base. Uh, you know, leg lifted, one hand pointed towards the yeah. threat, one hand pointed towards the ground for extra lift and zoom if he needs it. Mm. This is a really good in motion sculpt. The armor looks great. It's yep. going to be a joy to paint. I'm really into this. And this is the third version of Tony Stark we've gotten. I mean, fourth, if you like fourth sculpt, really. Yeah. Fourth fourth Buster suit has mini Tony, you know. Yep. This one might be my favorite. I really like mini Tony out of the Hulkbuster suit. Mini Tony's real good. This one is really good too. Absolutely. Well said, Chris. Yeah. I also think AMG got around a lot of the issues people had with the first Iron Man. I was was pretty bummed out. The first Iron Man was just kind of wide stance, static on the ground. Once again, not in motion, not flying. And also the original Iron Man was extremely soft. He had hardly any details. He was really hard to paint well. This one, whether it's the Mark II or whatever it is, it looks like it just has a ton more layers and detail and it's just going to take to paint really well and yeah, oh, yeah I'm, I, I'm thinking about doing the all chrome myself oh, so. i i think that would be very very cool i'm not sure i'm a good enough painter to do that yet but i would encourage you to try to, try <laughs> to do that or get it done with whichever not sure way i'm go. not good enough painter to do that as either <laughs> but i think at this point you should explore the freedoms of alternate suits because if, you, if you're getting multiple characters I'm very happy that some of my multiple characters are different suits because now we have another version of characters and it's like, okay, I really want to distinguish them all apart for myself personally and my opponents. 
help them out. So I, I think this is a perfect opportunity to maybe not do a red Tony or something, or That's, if you're doing yeah. red Tony to like, as Chris said, red and not gold, red and something else. Well, so, there's there, yeah. Options. And there's, there's any number of options for how much red and gold too. Yeah. And Chris is, Chris is really partial that stealth suit. That's yeah, how you my, did your my first Iron Man. Tony is still a stealth suit. Iron Man. Uh, yeah. I'm going to do Hulk buster as classic red and red and gold. Okay. And my, uh, you know, this next course, Corset 2, Earth's Mightiest, like I said, we'll, we'll lie. We'll, I think it's the Mark IV suit that is the chrome and the red. Okay. It's the suit that happens right before, right before Rhodey gets his war machine suit. Okay. Yeah. I might be doing the Infinity Saga Mark II, like the all chrome. I things. think that'd be cool, man. I think that'd be very cool. All right. We've got to move on to the yep. most, to the model with the most motion on the, uh, this, all right. The good side here. And that's the Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. This sculpt, she is just absolutely decimating an Ultron drone with, so with, the, with the Kenny Omega V-Trigger flying knee <laughs> right to the chin, man. Nailed it. She's going to nail the Snapdragon suplex right after this, set up the one-wing angel. But goodness gracious, the motion, the, the motion in this model is so wonderful. It all is drawing the eye up to... Natasha, it's it's really good. I'm, you know, the sculpt is just really good. Also, our first Natasha with her batons, so mm-hmm. also very notable and exciting. Uh, yeah, I adore it, Chris. I mean, I'm I spoiler it. I'm really into these Ultron elements, but yeah, I just think it's really different and fun, and I like that it's showing Widow's ability to, as you said, move all around, climb up her, climb up her enemies, you know, and her martial arts prowess on top of that. So I think it's really good, and I think it's probably one of the the sleeper ones that's going to look even better in person. Absolutely. Okay. So now to one of my favorite characters, at least rule sets from this good guy okay. side. And we have Captain Marvel cosmic Avenger. That's right, folks. New Carol Danvers. There's a lot going on here. We've got two sculpts here. We have a regular form, uh, which is the beginning of takeoff. And then we've got binary form. She is off the ground. <laughs> transformed and ready to go it's 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 a really really good sculpt these characters look cool yeah i don't know that it steals the show in any way they're just solid yeah and it's just it shows the evolution of the first captain marvel to this like how much better it is mm-hmm. and i also like that the binary form we know it's a transformation now we'll get to that shortly but it is literally just like moments after the first sculpt like what's happening yeah. in motion you yeah. know like she's she's faster further higher and there's more rocks there's more you know, burst and she's higher up literally movement wise. And of course her sash as well has changed because she's lifted herself higher up. Right. And it's moving with her as well. So I'm very excited about it. I think the, the transformation in particular is just incredible. 100%. But now it's time to get to my favorite sculpt of the good guy core box. That is winter soldier operative, James Bucky Barnes. They really made good on. Yes, they did. On the worst sculpt probably in the game. Yeah. Easily one of the worst sculpts. And we've been saying it for a while. And I know some people disagree with us, but. And that's okay. A lot of people agree with us. And the first Bucky was just so soft. He was so undynamic. His hair was just not good. Like it just was not, it did not even look like hair. Right. And he's just so static. And it was just a gun, right? It's a gun. He's kind of walking. It's just just pointed down. It's like that military, like when the troll kind of thing. This is. It was not evocative of the Winter Soldier to me personally, and I think this particular pose is evocative of what this character is. 
the white wolf is ready to strike <laughs> that he, right. he is fairly static here, but this pose has a lot of pent up energy, right? This, mm. this pose has yeah. action is about to happen. He is assessing a situation yep. defensively and he's ready to act. Uh, we have not a tactical rock, no, but a tactical case, yeah. ammo, ammo crate, crate, supply yeah. crate, tech, alien tech crate. I don't know. Reminds um, me of Punisher's is, bag. Mm-hmm. He's stepping on with all his weapons. Yeah. It is no longer just a gun. It is some kind of future tech, alien tech. Looks like we've got a magazine for hard bullets, but it also looks like we have weird, almost it looks like a 40K plasma gun at uh, on top there at the end for half yeah. a second. Yeah. Pretty normal of AMG to do that. They do that a lot. And then yeah, I'm not mad at that. Of course, you got that. the combat knife as oh, well. Yeah. So. Yeah, just just a really really good detailed sculpt and sculpt and props to the studio painter here. The non-metallic metals on this model are really good. Yeah, that arm's really popping. Well, Chris, that's all our heroes. And what's interesting about that is it is six characters, but seven models for our heroes, yep. right? And our villains is five characters with six models. That's how we get that 11 number again of characters, but also, you know, we're getting more models than the number of characters we have too. spoiler alert, which is very exciting. Not a bad thing. So let's talk about these bad guys. They are, they are led by red skull master of the world. Johan Schmidt. He is, he is, (laughs) he's got the cube. Mm -hmm. He's letting the world see. He is hosting inspiring. Yeah, man. And so, yeah, this is this is him saying I am in charge, you know, trying to intimidate everyone. Oh yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. No, I think it's really good and he's I love that he's stepping on the the case, the Tesseract the Cosmic Cube came out of. I put a case on my Nick Fury's base. Chris has seen it, you know, for the very thing for the Tesseract. Yep. So yep. it's it's connective tissue for my models, but also it's giving him a lot more dynamism than the first one had where he once again just static sitting on the ground, just kind of looking into the cube in front of him. As Chris said, this one's clearly he's given a speech. He's propping his leg up and his his trench coat's also in motion, which I think is really good. I think um, this is an incredible sculpt. I think it's really good. And he looks the proper amount of goofy in the face, too. It's just yeah. right. It's classic Red Skull for sure. Yeah, it's just right. Okay, so let's move on to Baron Helmet Zemo. I like the sculpt a lot. Yeah, it reminds me of Laura, right? In a way, in, in a way, maybe that's why I like it so much because it's using the same kind of tricks to to connect the model to the base with the foot connecting with a rock mm-hmm. to to help give it that you know beginning Ocean. of a charge feeling or maybe very long strides type thing. He's got his sword raised, ready to strike, arm forward. It's it's a really action oriented, middle of motion, you know, evocative pose, especially to a character that we're all used to using charge. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Chris. I think this sculpt's really good. And I think this is also one of those ones similar to Black Widow. It's just going to look better in our hands. And I, I do like the motion. I do like that he's a different suit of Zemo. So once again, not only are we getting another version of the character, but we're getting a different suit entirely. And yes, yeah, I think the motion just better than the original Zemo in every way, once again. So uh, the details, the motion the scabbard kind of flying backwards a bit as he's moving as well from his sword. I'm a big fan. It's very good stuff, but we got to move on to one of my favorite of the villain sculpts here. It's crossbones, merciless Merc. Yep. This is Brock Rumlow at his finest. He is cracking his knuckles ready for round two. 
a huge gun slung around his shoulder. Yep. I mean, he's just, he just looks like someone that's just ready to go. It's, there's not a lot of action going on, but I think no. it is evocative of the character. And yeah. On top of that, it, that doesn't always have to be a lot of motion and a model for it to be good. This is no. just a really good sculpt. The details are really, really nice. Uh, it's going to be really uh, fun to paint. I do believe. Uh, I just think it's a well-executed model. I agree completely. I love these type of poses that are static that communicate the character, right? Exactly. So that nails it for me. This is just very much the character. And it's really evocative to me, Chris, of the, the Brewbreaker run crossbone stuff where it's like he is that guy just waiting for the right moment. Yeah, and, and then he's using the sniper rifle a lot in that run. And Spoiler alert. I think that is the crossbones that this is supposed to be representing. Pretty sure. Yeah. We can get to that more in his episode for sure, but we'll touch on it. It's good. For a second on his card. It That's is a good sculpt. It, it, it once is again, it dwarfs the original corset sculpt. So it's just proving AMG's prowess and how much they've grown as a company. 100%. And speaking of growing as a company, we have Ultron, Metal Tyrant, where Ultron has a cape. There it is. Like Stanley intended. That's right. So now I have two caped Ultrons because I had to do a cape mod on my original one. Yes. And uh, steal one from the, General Grievous. I was going to say, that's the green really, really cool uh, quilted Grievous cape, which that's right. Nothing better than a <laughs> quilted, quilted cape. Star Wars has got a lot of those in spades. And yeah, it's very exciting. But I'm so happy, Chris, that we have not only a new Ultron, but Ultron with the cape. Ultron grunts. Yeah. And Ultron grunts that are coming out of the ground. These grunts are incredible. These take the cake from my new favorite grunt sculpt easily by far. And I love, once again, Ultron's flying. He's not on the ground. He's in motion. He's doing the Ultron thing. He's just very overconfident, you know? Yeah. We'll talk more about him shortly, but I, I'm absolutely in love. But I'm very happy you saved the best sculpt for last, Chris, of the bad guys. Oh, you know it. It is Doc Ock, sinister scientist, Otto Octavius, back again to torment the webhead. Man. So good. It is so good. He <laughs> He's literally doing science on the battlefield here, Jesse. We have him pouring from a beaker into a vial. We, t- <laughs> we talked about this. He's, he's got he's got that just that auto, that ridiculous auto smile because, you know, he's one of those people that doesn't have a real smile. Every smile, real or not, looks forced. Yeah. That's Otto Octavius, right? Oh, man. He's got his bad bowl cut. It's he's yeah, the man. arms are holding him up. We've got he's <laughs> trashing some logo here because he's obviously mad at whatever company this, this logo is mm-hmm. from. We can't quite make it out. I'm trying to figure it out. Photo. Yeah. I'm sure someone out there is yelling at their speakers right now. What it is. This is an awesome sculpt. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Obviously you guys know my thoughts on um, doing science or reading a book on the battlefield when you're fighting your opponents, you know, because that goes back to our, our beast episode, which broke Chris, where I was talking about, you know, it's all about the book beast. You know, he, he's, he's out there just, you know, I like feral beast, some sort of anime villain, you know, reading a book while he's fighting people, you know, yeah, but he's supposed to be a good guy. Well, beast is a good guy. He's, he's got reading to do, you know, but yeah, this is very evocative of that to me. And, you know, once again, a Doc Ock that is more of the modern age and his design is not the 60s Doc Ock all the way. You know, it's it's more many more decades further down the line. Of course, the trench coat being represented and my biggest issue and something I did with my original Doc Ock where I modded him. He's actually off the ground on his arms as he should be, you know, just as 100% he should be. agreed. Yeah, 
It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And the beaker, the beaker's an element I didn't even think they would do. I'm so I happy know, they did that it. was very surprising. I mean, not that I expected any of this, but it's smart. The the, the beaker and the vial in his hand is just perfect, perfect little touches. Yeah, and I really think like you could lean into whatever Doc Ock costume you wanted this, make the beaker really cool. Like you can make that in color really cool, but he looks great too. I mean, his sculpt is a lot better than the original one. Um, yes. I don't know. So he's got some modern Elton John vibes to him too, which, you know, a little bit, I'm all about that as well. So that's all our villains, you know? And it's like, like I said, it's, l- it's less characters, but we also get the grunts. So it kind of offsets. We do. We do. But it's time to start talking about these cards. Let's just jump right in with, with all right. the first Avenger. Captain America, First Avenger. We have a physical defense of four, energy defense of four, mystic defense of three. We have a stamina of six, size two, medium movement, threat cost of four, two physical attacks, a leadership, <laughs> yeah. and some powers. Jesse, what's what's jumping out of at you with this version? The similarities with the original Steve's makes a lot of sense. The same stats, which I really like, but different attacks shield bounce not shield throw brook and brawler a lot of elements going on with that um, i also like that the shield bounce attack is this it's just a better version of classic steve's shield throw it's definitely hard to get the ricochet off right well, so maybe not as hard with this leadership right earth's mightiest heroes it is an avengers affiliation leadership once per turn when an allied character is attacking during the modified dice step if there are one or more hit results in the attack roll. That character may spend one power. If that character does, it may change one of its results to any other result. So hitting triggers with this character is going to be a lot easier. Yeah, and of course, it's our first instance of an attrition Avengers, right? So we've mm-hmm. seen the the games easier for me. Superpowers are cheaper. We're just innately just better at playing the game. We've also seen the anti-attrition Avengers, which is the Sam Wilson leadership where it's the more you attrition me, the better my team gets, the more triggers I get of Sam Wilson leadership. And we've also seen the Hulkbuster flex leadership, which is, Oh, you're a throwing team. We're getting in the Hulkbusters and we're going to be better against throws. Mm -hmm. This is completely different from all those leaderships. This screams like list building, really digging in deep, having fun, learning what models you want to play with Steve. Thank goodness. This is only one spur turn chris one attack not both attacks not every attack yeah this could get out of hand real quick i do think this is an amazing powerful leadership and i think it's really going to reward a lot of people that want to dig in and like you said steve can use it himself on his shield bounce and his brooklyn brawler of course the brooklyn brawler has kind of a a semi-yahtzee of wild hit and block that would give you after the attack is resolved you may make an additional brooklyn brawler attack without paying the power cost the additional attack must target a different character so it's one of those things that it, he even benefits greatly from his leadership because you're saying, oh, I paid four for the spender, but now I get to do it again because it's just easy to do in my own team. And obviously he's always going to have, I don't think this is a scenario where you're going to be playing him maybe in other teams. I really do think this is a, you're taking him because you want him as a leader. 100% agree with everything you just said. On that, he's just run of the mill Steve. I think he's a lot more interesting than Corset Steve, right? Um, who's just kind of like a blanket buff for your team and bodyguard no bodyguard but no charge we do have a charge and his injured side does have i can do this all day so his his tankiness remains intact 
All right, Jesse, I would love to spend another 10 minutes talking about that character, especially that leadership and and doing some theory craft, but we have too much to get to here. We yeah. have to move on. Let's talk about the other big leader. We've got a few more leaderships mm-hmm. throughout this thing, but yeah, let's ready. talk about the the leader of the enemy forces in the core box itself. And that is Red Skull, master of the world. Johann Schmidt is bringing four physical defense, three energy defense, three mystic defense, a six stamina on his healthy side, size two medium movement on a 35 millimeter base and a threat level of four. We have a new cabal leadership with this guy and we have some, we have some cube shenanigans. Yeah. So let's just talk about real quick. His attack, very good range four. he can choose the damage type. Yes. It's an incredible strike. He also gives out shock. So it gives you some control. He also has reality bows to me spender very similar to his old spender, but it really just seems better. It's once again, if he gets the Yahtzee for him, which is all aggro stuff, which makes a lot of sense, hit wild and crit, he gets to make an additional reality bows to me on a different target. So very much a mirror of the Steve we just read and closing out his superpowers before we get to his leadership. He's got a throw of terrain size three or less medium very cool he also has his own lockjaw teleport which is very powerful because you know as always you, red skull can teleport himself or allies and it's better than the original red skulls teleport it does cost four and then additionally he has the powers only for the one who rules when red skull make an attack action or use superpowers he may spend power for the attack or superpower from allies within three of him that power that power is very good yeah, even like models like Bob and Bullseye and stuff now, you've got to really watch out because they're just helping Red Skull pay for everything. Exactly. Why, why wouldn't you do it off of them every time? Going wide with him seems like a very interesting idea. Yeah, and let's talk about maybe why you want to go wide. So his leadership is my cabal is only for the strong affiliation cabal. So once again, we now have a third leadership for cabal, mm-hmm. which I think is very exciting. Mm-hmm. We have Malekith's cabal, Sin's cabal, original we have a fourth leadership for Cabal because technically we have two Red Skull Cabals. So yeah, we have two Red Skull Cabals, one Mal Cabal, and one Sin Cabal. So now Cabal's looking at four leaders, Chris, which is a lot of variability. And I think this one is very cool. Similar flavors of the Cabal. It just continues. But once per turn, so very similar to the Steve leadership we just read, while an allied non-Grunt character is rolling dice as part of attack roll, so you have to be attacking, it may treat one of the Skull results as a crit. So keep in mind, this is reality gem on, on demand. Very cool. But if it does, after the attack is resolved, that attacking character loses one power. If it does not lose one power, it suffers one damage instead. So essentially, everyone on your team has reality gem. You've got to pay a small price for it. You got to either lose power or take damage on yourself. But also this synergizes with things in the game. Of course, healing factor, things like Venom, where it's like Venom could do snacks. He could take the yep. damage. He could snacks it back. There's a lot of things that are going to be cracked through this. I think this is probably one of the most interesting leaderships in this box in particular, because I do think once again, like the Steve, it does reward a lot of creativity, but also for new players, it's not overwhelming. They can just plug and play and go because it's just, oh, I can treat a skull as a crit and explode it okay i'm happy with that and you know but then if you want to dive deeper you can get into this kind of synergistic play style batteries for red skull all kinds of things right it's as deep as you want to take it i do believe absolutely chris but we got to move on continuing with this alternating good guys and villains i got a character i really want to talk about who should come as no surprise might be my favorite in this core box i don't know 
there's another there's two more towards the end that are kind of pushing on this but the spectacular spider-man oh my gosh i'm so happy that we keep getting different peters different names this What's is fr- awesome please give us friendly neighborhood you know we'll, we'll oh, just see the there's names. no way that doesn't happen eventually <laughs> um, yeah i really like this spider-man a lot well i'm ready to read him here and dig it and we'll dig in because i think he's one that deserves our attention the spectacular spider-man of course peter parker his defenses just like are going to look very similar to someone like miles morales three 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 on three physical, three energy, three mystic. He has a stamina of five and a stamina of six. So putting him at 11 total, he's a size two with a medium move. So he's not as fast as our other Spider-Mans, but he only costs three threat, Chris, which is a first for us with a Peter Parker. Our Peter Parkers have been four and five respectively so far. And let's just get into his stuff. He's got three attacks, several superpowers. Let's just get the obvious out of the way. He has wall crawler and Spidey sense. Very good. This is not mastered Spidey Sense. This is the Spidey Sense that Miles and Core right. Peter have. Right. The original Core Peter have. So two this guys. is yeah. This is a younger Peter Parker. Yes, and then he also has two other superpowers. He has Web Slinger, which of course is his his web swing. It costs two, plays himself three. We love that. Amazing. Absolutely. And he also has the proportionate strength of a spider. I, I love that they snuck that reference in. But choosing to be character size three or less, and within three and throw it short. So he has the storm throw, which continues to catch people out. Chris, every time I play storm, they're not ready for that. Yes. I I have also had that experience playing with storm. This is going to catch people that range three is big. Like I really, really like it. Absolutely. And you know, you guys know how much I love lizard. He has a, a throw of size three or less within range two short. And just how good it is on a character like lizard. This is just a better version of lizards throw. So I'm already like my ears already perked and you know, he's w- one of my favorite characters of all time in all fiction. So let's talk about his three attacks and then we can kind of talk about where maybe where we think he'll fit. Cause he is our first non-leader thus far. He has the swinging strike. It's a range three strike with five dice physical, but this is just a gainer. So he just gains one power, but he also can trigger elusive on hit and wild. He can trigger elusive and get an advance of short. He also has impact webbing, very similar to what's on Gwen's card range four, strength of four physical zero power cost. Also a gainer pushes a character of size two or less with a short away very powerful but last but not least he has a spender with the webhead wallop it's a range two strength of seven power cost of four physical spender just raw dice but then it also has a trigger very similar to amazing peter it's a wild and a hit catch after the attack is resolved you may choose interactive train feature of size two or less within range three of peter and destroy it so you just destroy it now the enemy target character suffers a collision as if the train feature collided or was thrown at them essentially so this is kind of just raw damage you know i mean yeah you're adding you're adding three more damage on onto whatever else you're sending there with seven dice. So yeah, uh, potentially pretty big damage numbers there, but he's just got so much going on. Reminds me yeah. a little bit of pyro with the no builders, mm. uh, but with powers you want to be using. Right. So that's kind of, there's going to be a balance there of trying to find ways to power him up. You're going to, and I think because of that, you're going to be putting him in weird situations hoping he takes a little bit of damage maybe he's not a uh extract grabber round one maybe he's a brawler uh early game just to get him powered up so you can start throwing everything and you can start throwing you throwing people off points and things but he's just he's got a lot of powers you want to use man 
Absolutely. I mean, he might have a similar play pattern that Miles has where Miles isn't very fast and also Miles, like all the web warriors, but Miles in particular, more of the game that goes on, the more he gets powered up, the more he can do. Peter seems very similar to that. Power phases are going to really matter with this character. And Miles least has a strike. This is a design intention that this Peter has all gainers. Yeah. So let's talk about real quick where we think he fits. Okay. So I think I think the obvious answer, of course, is mm-hmm. is all you know, just those ramp teams we always talk about. Sure, I think getting him power from a force, uh, Inhumans, any of these ramp teams, I to a lesser extent, Steve's Avengers, um, you know, the discount on Web Slinger or proportional strength That's of the Spider nice. would be really really nice, but. Honestly, I'd rather just have more raw power. So webhead wallop is an option mm, personally, fair, fair. just personal. So, I mean, those are the obvious. I think he's a natural slot into web warriors, obviously. And incredible. Yeah. And Miles's leadership clearly is the one he has to be in, but I think he's going to be insane there. I do too. I think that web warrior, like go wide spread out is even more possible now because now they don't have to bring the two twos. They can bring more threes to build their base and then they can add a four or two things like that. And we've and, got more, two more web warriors, you know, that haven't been revealed to us yet that are coming. So, Oh, absolutely. And it's just, they could easily be threes or fours. Right. Yep. But it's, but additionally, it's like, as of right now, Chris, with just this, you could go miles, Gwen, black cat, Peter, mm-hmm. moon Knight, right? Gross. That's 15 threat, five wide, dude, already is, 15 threat, five wide. That's a long game and that's a hard game to play I love managing it. which activations are mm-hmm. going in what order with that many on the table. But goodness, that sounds fun. Yeah. And you just throw Wong or yeah, Toad in and exactly. now you have a 17 threat team and it, just swarm. Yeah. You're just, you just, you're just run, literally run circles around your opponents. You just rotate. Yeah. I love it so yep. much. And yeah, so I, this is going to be something I pursue a lot with my web warriors and, and just, I think this Peter's going to fit a lot of teams. I'm scared of that, but I also want to try it. So I, I'll probably have to play foes while you play warriors and then we'll have to switch or Ooh, something like thematic. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got more thoughts on this, Peter. I'll talk about it in future yeah. episodes and obviously on the after dark, because he's probably going to be a staple on a lot of my list. And uh, it should come as no surprise if you guys have been listening all this time, but Chris, we got to move on. I'm going to start reading this character. Yeah, go for it. What a shock. Baron Helmet Zemo. This is a four threat Zemo. His defenses are as follows four physical, three energy, four mystic. So, same as the original Zemo. He has a stamina of five, a size two, and a medium mover. So, he's slower than our corset Zemo, but the same stats. That's nothing notable yet. We got to move on to his cards to figure out why he's four threat. So, he has three attacks. Very cool. He's got the sword strike, which is range two five dice strike it has pierce but it also has the dancing strike he can advance short so it's kind of helping him maybe catch up to that corset zemo a little bit with the short moves from his strikes as well if he gets the trigger he also has his adhesive x pistol it's a range four strength of five zero power cost attack they can give a ton of conditions so i love that he has a pistol that he can use the original zemo didn't it was he was all about melee right and just having a range for attack that can contribute while he's scoring before he wants to go in, I think is very cool. It's it also very gives good. slow, stun, and stagger, depending on what you get on the trigger. Slow is or if you get all. wild. Yeah. Stun is a wild and a crit. And then stagger, of course, is the tough one to get. It is crit, wild, and failure. That's like this is a zero cost attack. This is built for the new Steve. Oh, yeah. This, or even the this, new Red Skull. Yeah. Right? 
I mean, right, getting, and, and getting value no, with skulls. No, no surprise here. Uh, one of his innates is strategic genius. It has not gone away. Yeah. So, so you put him. You put him in new Steve. You four range four or five dice. Scary. You're gonna be able to get this a lot. <laughs> like you're gonna be able to get slow and stun at least a lot. And I think that stagger might be too easy to get. Just yeah, it's kind of scary against big models, but he does cost four threats, so that's good. He also has one more physical attack. These are all physical. It's coup de gras. It's a range three, strength of seven, power cost of three. After the attack is resolved, if the target character was dazed or KO'd by the attack, Zemo may advance short. So once again, he's having that's ways cool. to move around. That that's is cool. really cool. Before we get into his leadership, because yes, he does have a leadership. Very exciting, very unexpected. We'll talk yeah. about his two other superpowers we haven't talked about. He has quick step. It's better and worse than charge. It's very similar to our shield Steve. If this character is not holding objective token, it may advance medium, cost two. You can only use it once per turn. So yes, this is better because you can move, move, quick step, right? Which is unusual yes. in this game. Three moves is great, but you can't do it with an extract and you know you don't get a free attack like as you would with charge, right? So there's pros and cons both sides. I love it. I, once again, it's adding to his kind of sword fighty dance it's just different flavors and it's just different tools based on what you think you're going to need in the matchup or in that roster uh i i think it's very cool it's that's a lot of movement man yeah and like you're not even you can move in on the opponent and you haven't taken any attacks yet like you haven't taken any actions yet yeah i mean you can you can and round two you can get off a medium movement and then two sword strikes or two adhesive two adhesive x pistols like it's there's just That's a lot cool. of options here with this character and he's going to be able to get where he needs to be for that strategic genius bubble on oh. those really crowded maps too. If you didn't think it could get better, it does get better. He has master duelist. Correct. If this character makes a sword strike attack against a character, it had already made an attack against this turn. So it doesn't have to be a sword strike before that, just some sort of attack, whether it's the pistol or the coup de gras. If you attack them with a the sword strike now, you get two additional attack dice on the roll. It's very evocative of Killmonger's focused on the kill. If you're attacking the same person twice, you're getting more dice. This Chris really synergizes with some of his moving away, moving in and out of the fight, things like that. And um, obviously, too, pretty cool to like get a seven strength strike. We just know how insane that is. In it's game. good. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out you're going to build power. So good thing he doesn't have a ton of ways to spend power outside of fighting. So that was intentional by design. We got to hit this leadership and mm-hmm. not talk about it for as long as it deserves because we got more to cover. But here we go. It is Army of Evil. It is a Hydra affiliated leadership. When this leadership becomes active. So that's top around one, I do believe. Add one Hydra or unaffiliated team tactics card from your unused team tactics cards to your available team tactic card slots. It may be played this game. Additionally, once each turn after one or more allied characters pay power to play a team tactic card, choose one of the characters that paid power to play the card. The chosen character gains one power. So a team tactic card, like affiliation leadership, very, very interesting. The possibilities are kind of mind boggling. It's kind of incredible, right? More tactics cards and your tactics cards cost less. Yes. So easier to play them and you have an extra one, man. And here I play an affiliation where I'm punished I know. for playing it. 
and I only have four team tactics cards. These guys have six. Right. I also think too, this is going to like really maybe breathe some life into some cards we don't see as much that cost more, right? Yes. Additionally, it's going to breathe some life into more character cards because by the nature of having more cards, you can bring more named character cards in your list on top of your rest- restricteds and affiliation cards and stuff. And also you can afford them for cheaper. So I think it's very cool. It's like the least exciting leadership to me in the sense of it just makes the game easier from a tactics cards perspective. But I know the people that really like to list build specifically around tactics cards in particular, which is not my typical way of list building, but I get it. They're really going to have a heyday with this and they're going to have a blast. And also Chris too, there are really tricksy Hydra cards. So you could also do this in the sense of, I'm not sure the Hydra cards right for this game. I'll see what my opponent pulls as their list. Oh, okay. I do need that Hydra card. And then you play that. So I think that's very strong and no, nefarious and very fitting of Zemo, but we got to move on to another hero, Chris. This is invincible Iron Man. He is physical defense of four, energy defense of three, mystic defense of three, stamina of six on his healthy side. He is a size two, medium mover, threat cost of four. That's right. So all the nice. same stats as Corset, Tony, but he's a four. He's got three attacks. I love it. We have a new affiliation leadership for shield. He's got... A reactive superpower that I am in love with. Yes. This is a good character by my estimation. So let's start with his attacks. I'll get through these really quick. The first is Repulsor Mark II, range four, strength five, energy attack. It is a a, a builder, not a gainer. So he's going to gain power equal to the damage dealt after the attack is resolved. If it did not deal damage, Tony gains an automatic power. So it's Tell me more about it. It's a it. Yeah. gainer when Ugh. you strike out. Amazing. It's the same as Hulkbuster. Yeah. Incredible. Wild. It's so good. On a wild, you will trigger push. It is a short push. His second attack is a spender. He has two spenders, Jesse. His one physical attack. This is the billion dollar punch. Range three, strength of seven dice. Mm-hmm. Power cost of three. Before damage is dealt, place this character within one of the target character. I throw attacks like this very often. Yeah. On a wild and a hit, you will trigger throw. If the target character is size three or less after the attack is resolved, Tony can throw the character away medium. Very good stuff. Now his last attack is an energy attack. It is the one we all love. Focused Unibeam, range of five, strength of seven, Power cost of four. When rolling additional dice for critical results during this attack, roll two additional dice instead of one for each critical in the attack roll. After the attack is resolved, if the attack roll contains any critical results, this character suffers two damage. Very interesting, but incredible spike potential. Yeah, he can't kill himself. <laughs> like Rody can. <laughs> Not all the way. Uh, you know, very reminiscent of the original Wolverine's uh best it I'm the best at hmm. best it is at what I do. Those where wilds, all though. his criticals, all his, his wilds, wilds count for two. Yeah. Yeah, this is just that's just a better version of Rody's uh, empty the clip where all yeah, these yeah. crits. That's that's a better that's but, a better comparison. But Rody's is he's taking damage for every crit. So yeah. uh you don't know what you're gonna get with that one, right? That's like a last ditch effort. So I also think this is a last ditch effort of this Iron Man because I think you're gonna do everything else so much more and he's so power starved. But before we talk about his leadership, Chris, I'll just read his last superpowers. He's got Jarvis cost. I love X. this. Yeah, cost X. 
while another allied character within four is attacking only attacking during the modified dice step at the attack this character may spend one to three power to use the superpower for each power spent the allied character may re-roll one of the stack dice so i'll get all the obvious out of the way not as good as prime correct not as good as shuri correct but a downgraded version of prime or shuri's abilities is amazing especially in a shield roster, which is a gun line already. You care less about rerolling your defense or dodge dice or things like that. So it is what it is. It's also just versatile because it's one to three. But continuing Chris with the superpowers, he has I am Iron Man. It's reactive, costs one power. If this character would suffer damage from enemy effect, it may use the superpower, reduce the amount suffered by one. So this is not innate like the Corset Iron Man, but that one's to a minimum of one. This is to, you can reduce it down to zero. So very similar to like Hulkbuster or something like that. Um, but also better than Hulkbusters because Hulkbusters, you have to say, oh, you're attacking me. I pay for it now. I, I pay for the reduction now. You don't yeah. get to see the results for you pay for the reduction. So much more costly than the Corset Iron Man, which is just innately reducing by one, but very cool. But also they, I did like they added distinction enemy effect. That's unusually different as well. So it's just a slight variation because Kingpin has effect crossbones has effect right this is enemy effect so once again the unibeam still gonna hurt you (laughs) (laughs) cubes still gonna hurt you stuff like that and he has of course closing eyes card he always has flight he has flight again but let's talk about this shield leadership let's and i know i just don't have a whole lot to say on on this character but this one just seems so far up your alley jesse i'll Mm. read the leadership to give you a little break here but I think you're going to have to take it away. Let's get you an upgrade affiliation shield while an allied character is attacking, defending, or dodging during the modified dice step. It may spend one power. If it does, it may reroll one of its dice. Interesting leadership, kind of an, uh, an attrition leadership for shield, huh? Yeah, I mean, ish, it's, ish. I mean, it's not 100%, but it's you know modifying attack rolls. Oh, 100%. It's it's Wakanda for shield, right? Which is just yes. super cool. It's versatile. Tough part about it is it costs power, right? Mm-hmm. And shield's already kind of having issues with power. This Tony's clearly having issues with power because he wants to do everything, right? And it all costs so much. So I love it. I think it's very cool. I don't know how often you'll choose it over the Fury, like VP leadership, but man, versatile strategy between these two leaders. Let's go. Agreed. You know? Because I think you're already playing. There's a world where you're probably playing both of these leaders in most of your shield rosters coming up, possibly. And yeah, maybe after your character flips their team, you say, oh, yeah, this is not a Fury Jr. mission. This is a Iron Man leadership mission, right? So time will tell. I think this Iron Man is absolutely incredible. He also has some tax cards we're not going to talk about today, but we'll talk about in the future that I just think just showcase how good he is. And I love that he's just like an upgrade, of course, at Tony. Like he's just straight up an upgrade because he's a four threat model. I think he's good. It's time for the new Crossbones, Merciless Merc. He is a physical defense of four, energy defense of two, mystic defense of two. On his healthy side, he has six stamina. He is a size two short mover with a threat cost of three. We don't see a whole lot of new three three threats in the game. We get at least two in this box so far. Yeah, less, less three threats, but it's it's very cool that we got one so far. Yeah. I think it I think it's been the right amount of three threats. We've got plenty in the game as it is. Yeah. Adding a couple more, not too bad, but getting inundated with more would just be a little ridiculous. Let's talk about his attacks. He's got two. The first is an energy attack. It is plasma beam, beam three, strength of five, power cost of zero. After each attack is resolved, this character gains one power. On a wild and a skull, you will trigger pierce. 
change one of the defending characters crit wiles or defenses to a blank. This is really strong, Chris. That's a really strong attack. Yeah, beam. We've talked about how good the beams with gainers are. Like you're just getting so much power. And mm-hmm. I love that it has pierce. It's harder to get the pierce on it as it should be. He's a three threat character, but and it's a beam nuts. attack. It shouldn't have a it shouldn't have an easy yeah, sure. pierce built in on a on a beam unless you're a high threat model, I believe. 100%, but we'll come back to his plasma beam in a minute because he's got some synergy with it. Right. Closing out his attacks, he does have the physical attack up close and personal. This is him dropping the gun. He's going to fists. It's a range two, strength of eight, cost four, spender attack. After the attack is resolved, if the target character is size two or less, you automatically throw them short. So Chris, this is just a good way to dump power, throw eight dice, which is really scary for a three threat, and just get an auto throw. I mean, you'll take it. You're always, you've always got to pay a premium for auto throws. That's just the way this game is. The throws are too, too powerful. Now his superpowers, he does have hit and run. Of course, we've seen this many, many times. It costs the classic two. Very strong with the beam. Very strong with the beam. So he can make pay two, make his beam attack on three, four, five, six, seven characters, get all (laughs) that power back and then just run away. No big deal. That's a perfect world scenario, sure. That I know, is. I know. <laughs> He's probably getting two or three characters with his beam every time he attacks. And, it, you'd you know. hope for two, but you know, yeah. at Time least one, play. right? Yeah. He's also got aggressive, which I love. and yeah. Also helps his beam. <laughs> yes, it does. He sets it up. And he's got I can take it, which is you know an automatic reduced damage by one to a minimum of one, which is always nice, always good, just improves the tankiness by a lot. I think we have talked about the math on that on this episode once, but yeah, effectively he's a very, very tanky boy. Yeah. It kind of gets around his energy and mystic defenses not being as good, but once again, it's MCP, the defense dice are a lie. That doesn't true. really matter. So what matters is things like this, which is guaranteed reduction. Exactly. I love that. He's just like a ranged version of our corset crossbones and that, yes. that's just neat he's he's just a straight up improvement over corset crossbones at the moment because he's still a short mover keep that in mind mm-hmm. but that beam three helps a lot and also i think he's just a better version of like roadie too because like this is what roadie's like he's he's a guy who just gets in your face beams a lot he's got he's he can move around and just kind of set up better beams it's interesting that the original crossbones has things this this guy doesn't have but then this guy has a little bit more blanket versatility and i'm excited to see where he ends up on what teams and stuff like that and where, where you could play him but i gotta move on chris to the black widow natasha romanoff what a name love it <laughs> what a name a lot of text yeah i'll just get through this text best i can so her defenses are four physical three energy four mystic very respectable she has a stamina of six on her healthy side she's a size two of course and a long mover love that but this time she's four threat so now we have two threat widow, two three, three four threat, two three three threat widow and four threat widow so exciting she has three attacks the first of which is shock batons it's an energy attack at range two strength of five power cost of zero you do gain power equal damage dealt, and you do give them shock if you get a wild i do like that a lot and continue with this theme she has more conditions to give you with the widow stingers range four strength of four zero power cost gainer gives them stun if you get a wild love that love that so she's still contributing to the fight when she's like sitting back on a point do really enjoy that somewhere to zemo and then her spender attack is a physical attack called deadly origins of course it's range two so you got to be in their face strength of seven power cost of four after the attack is, is resolved the widow gets an advance of medium so it's like a it's like a hit and run right which is very cool with this attack and then there's an ability trigger on this which is wild and hit finisher after the attack is resolved if 
Black Widow may make a shock baton attack, her her strike. This character may reroll any numbers dice during that attack, including skull results. So if this didn't KO, if this didn't daze KO or kill the model you were doing, Chris, that's still fine because in theory, you just got a bunch of your power back, right? From this this cost four, you maybe got a bunch of that power right back. With being able to reroll all the dice, yeah, you you got some power back. And continuing with that concept of rerolling all the dice, she has a reactive ability called Calculator Risk. Only costs two. While this character is defending against physical or mystic attacks, during the modified dice step of the attack, she can use the superpower. She may reroll any number of defense dice, including skull results. So keep in mind, her physical and mystic are already really respectable. They are four. So you're really questioning, should you attack her with those types of attacks, right? If she has power because of this ability, it's like a mastered spidey sense right? Under a Miles leadership, which is just nuts. And additionally, she has three innate powers. All that matters is the mission. When this character would drop an objective token, it's controlling player chooses where to drop the token instead of the opponent. So she has the innate shield grunt ability. Very cool. She also has martial artist, which we know is one of the best abilities in the game. If you target her within range two with physical energy, she's going to count blanks in her defense role. That also stacks with this calculated risk. And then additionally, she has stealth Characters must be within range three of this character to attack it with attacks. Chris, they wanted to make all the Black Widow fans happy, and they certainly just did that. They better be. She's really good. She's like an incredible all-arounder. Yes, but also I think she's got a little bit of a lean towards extracts with all of her defensive tech. Kind of like how she always does, yeah. Yeah, and with the stealth, the long move, all of these are just just a, a wonderful ingredients in the beautiful stew that is Black Widow Extract Specialist. I like that she's like a different flight. She's like a bruiser flavor of spider woman. I know. I, yeah, she doesn't have the interrogation, which I, I kind of thought she might, but I'm okay. But then maybe they it. just invalidate three threat widow if they do that. Yeah. 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 We've got enough interrogate models in the game right now. It's fine. And she's really interesting, man. Very, very interesting. I really am curious to see her on the table in honestly, the Avengers leadership. I, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of juice mm. there. Yeah, and of course she's going to be a fo- like a force and a force. Like it's going to be absolutely kind of silly being able to to get uh, the finisher on Deadly Origins almost guaranteed in that Steve leadership is just gross. Well, about it. Well, we got to move on, Chris, to Ultron the Metal Tyrant. Here we go. He is a physical defensive four, energy defensive four, mystical defensive five. On his healthy side, he has eight stamina, size of three, medium mover, threat level five, threat level midnight. He's got <laughs> two attacks. His first attack is an energy attack, con- concussion, blasters, range four, strength six. What? How does he get a strength six? As, like, a, as, I'm as a five? crying in cable right now. Yeah, and Thor as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's because... I know, I know. I'm just being a butthead. Incinerate is just better. <laughs> just being a butthead. Yeah. Range, range five is a big deal the cable has, Chris. Yes, I know. Yeah, and it gives them nano corruption, which is after it's resolved, if you got a wild, you get a choice, Chris, to either give them either poison or bleed. So options. I I really like poison coming into this next phase of the game. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, it's been minimal at best, right? In the game. But I think with a lot of these new character designs we've been reading today, I just I even think just that spectacular Spider-Man, right? Poison ruins his game. Oh, that Iron Man. He's already he's already yeah. power starved, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, just playing the game normally. So, so poison to these two characters is as good as a stagger as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. So we gotta we gotta move on. Sorry for the sidetrack, everybody. 
The next attack is a physical attack. It is Extinction Protocols, range three, strength of eight, power cost of four. Before damage is dealt, if the target character is size four or less, mm. throw it short. <laughs> that is guaranteed. Oh my goodness. On a wild, you will be triggering explosive force after this attack is resolved. Other characters, allied or not, mm-hmm. within range two of this character are pushed away from this character short. All pushed characters suffer one damage. Keep in mind, you get to throw them. You get to like toss them like a football before you explode the the force, right? So you can use it as like control on the enemy, but also control on their allies as well. Because you could kind of throw them instead of just throwing them straight back. You're like, I'm gonna throw them at an angle towards their allies, and now I'm pushing that ally away as well, right? Of, oh of, man, of my opponent. So an incredible spender, Chris. I mean, range three, eight dice. Just, I mean. You usually do not see that many dice at range anywhere above two. No, and I, I would probably happily spend four power at range three to throw a size four character like Hulk. Absolutely. Short, right? Absolutely, dude. So, yeah, it's great. So let's get into these powers. He has two active superpowers and three passive powers. The first is Kinetic Field Generator. It's going to cost you three power. Choose an interactive terrain feature of four or less Within range three, throw it medium. He can only do this once a turn. This is good. Should recognize it from the original core set, Ultron yep. and Carol Denvers. If you have three power and you can throw something, throw it. That's damage. That's a lot against That's you just damage. damage. The next active superpower. Oh my goodness. It is the Encephalo Beam. I hope I said that right. Power cost of two. Choose an enemy character within range three and advance it short. The superpower can be used once per turn. Bow to the will of Ultron. <sighs> yeah, man. Uh, just being able to rearrange your opponent's pieces is pretty good. I'm so in love with this model, Chris. I mean, oh, I already was by the sculpt. I was just going to play I him. know. And now now mm. we're reading his power set and he's good. Yeah. So let's talk about these innates. The first is Metal Mind. When this character is defending against a mystic attack, count each wild in its defense role as two successes. Yep. Additionally, cannot be pushed or advanced by the special rules of a mystic attack or enemy superpowers. Uh, note he can be thrown. Yep, for sure. Incredible, though. Very good. Yeah, it's very evocative of the core set. The next innate is, I will create a better age. When a terrain feature is destroyed by an allied effect, if there is not an allied Ultron drones in play, you may place an Ultron drones into play within range three of this character it gains the stagger special condition as and is a part of your squad. Additionally, before we move on to the drones, Jesse, just really quick, mm-hmm. uh, this character does have flight and immunity to bleed and poison. So these drones are coming in with stagger, very evocative of the Hydra Grunts. Interesting thing about these drones, they have a stamina of three, just like the Hydra Grunts. So higher stamina. They move medium. Their defenses are two, 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 very respectable for four grunts let's talk about their attacks and their superpowers so they have the energy blast attack just range three four dice energy pretty basic stuff but strong i mean four dice can spike at any given time in mcp also energy being one of the more underrepresented defenses love it they also have a reactive superpower called rough around the edges zero power costs when this character when this grunt would be removed from the battlefield enemy characters within two of the characters suffer one damage an allied ultron metal tyrant gains one power for each damage dealt this way then the character is removed from the battlefield. Additionally, they have program for destruction. They cannot pick up, hold, and interact with or contest objective tokens. And then they also have Ultron's immunities. 
to bleed and poison. So Chris, the easiest way to describe these guys is they're coming out kind of like the ninjas. They're just doing damage and you want to deal with them, but then you deal with them. If they do damage to you from their little explosion, Ultron gets more power and he gets to do more damage and more control with his card. I absolutely love it. It asks a lot of questions of you as the opponent against Ultron. 100%. And it's kind of evocative of how I play Honey Badger. Yeah. I just just run her at your most important model and force you to have to make a choice. Ignore her or don't. And same thing here. Ignore them or don't. They're going to be getting some damage through. They're going to be, you know, two extra movements. Even if they can't block or even if they can't score, they can still block objectives. Yeah, absolutely. And they are a little bit, I'm not going to say they're harder to get out, but. Eh, depends on your team makeup. I it's think. free. I mean, Nick Fury's grunts are really hard to get out because he never has the power, right? So it, it all the grunts have like drawbacks and stuff like that. These guys, they don't do anything in related to the game in the way of extracts or secures, which is unusual for grunts thus far. So for them to just be a pure, essentially like a zero threat model, that's part of your list, right? They just get to do more stuff. Seems good, Jesse. Yeah. Also age of Ultron. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. Unfortunately, I, once again, I wish we could just stick and talk about that model and those powers for a while and just where we want to play him, what we can see him doing, but we got to move on. And (laughs) I'll give you guys a sneak peek where I want to play him. Oh, Oh, do it, do it, do it. Magneto's Brotherhood. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. And Doctor Strange's Convocation. Oh, interesting. I hadn't thought about that one. Okay. Next up is I think the most interesting, the most interesting character to me in mm. this whole group. Maybe not the most useful, probably not the most competitively viable, though. Who Maybe knows? Maybe the we'll most see. powerful. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see how this all shakes out. It's it's all just, you know, theoretical at this point. But it is Captain Marvel, Cosmic Avenger. She does have a transform mechanic, so let's get into it. We'll start with her normal card. Her defenses are fours across the board. Uh, On her healthy side, she has seven stamina, size two, medium move, threat cost of five. So she is an upgraded version of the original Carol Danvers here. Makes sense, and we'll just explain it while we're here. When she transforms, none of these stats change. But a lot of her card changes. (laughs) Most of her card changes, in fact. Yeah. So let's get through these attacks. Her first attack is an energy attack is Photon Blast. Range of four, strength of five, power cost of zero. After the attack is resolved, she gains power equal to the damage dealt. On a wild, you trigger Pursuit, which is an advance towards the target character short. Very nice. Helping with the mobility. Yeah, able to get her set up to to double tap every turn and build power. Her next attack is Sonic Boom. It is a physical attack this time. Sonic Boom, it is a range three, power of six, cost of zero. After the attack is resolved, she's going to gain power equal to the damage dealt. And on a wild, you trigger concussive. Target character loses one power. That's very good. Power Being able to take away power from your opponent is... Not new to the game, but becoming increasingly important, I do believe. Yeah, and I'll talk real quick, Chris, about two things that are the same on both of her superpowers. She has enhanced energy absorption on both sides. Very interesting. Uh, And the original Carol is only on binary form. When this character is defending against energy or mystic attacks for each wild in the fence roll, it may change one of the attacker's hit, crit, or wilds to a blank. This character gains power for each die changed this way. So this is very similar to Doctor Strange's lovely reverse pierce we like to call it on defense and you know it's it's insane she also has it on her binary form continuing with the rest of her superpower she has higher further faster at the start of this character's activation if it has six or more power it 
immediately transforms into Captain Marvel binary. So that's just cool. Like Love it's not that. with the superpower, it's at the start of her activation. So you kind of got to plan a little bit. She also has the innate ability. You call that a punch when she, when Captain Marvel's dealt damage by any effect. After the effects resolve, she gains one power. So no matter what, she's gaining power from effects quickly. This is very evocative of like Sin or Rhino or Red Guardian suit. And then on this normal side, she has the immunity to incinerate and poison. And she also has flight. But before we talk about her binary attacks, I will talk about her binary immunities. So she has incinerate and poison on her normal side. She gets incinerate, poison, stagger, and stun on her Ooh. binary form. She's really feeling like a binary Dude. to Denver's. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna read this binary card, but this is what I love about this character. I think they nailed just how how powerful binary form is supposed to be. Hundred percent. And I'll talk about these attacks real quick, Chris. There's only two on this side, very similar to the the first side. Keep it simple. She has an energy attack called binary blast, range two. Strength of six, power cost of one. After the attack is resolved, this character pushes the target character away short. Notice there's no size restriction. Incredible. Excellent. Also, if she gets a wild, she's giving them incinerate. Also incredible. This is a great attack against big characters, right? For control. But continuing this like play style of her kind of going toe-to-toe with big characters, she has a spender attack called Warbird that's also energy, because keep in mind, she's binary. All these are energy. It's a range of three, strength of eight, power costs of three. After this attack is resolved, place Carol within two of the target characters. This is a teleport. If she gets a wild, she may throw the character short. Once again, no size restriction. And also, if she gets a wild and a crit before damage is dealt, all other enemy characters within the range two of the target characters suffer one damage from explosive man what a spender attack oh, man it's a place so awesome. it's a throw it's eight dice it's an explosive to ping up their allies yeah goodness gracious but it, it gets better because she has a couple superpowers um where i talked about she has enhanced energy absorption and all these immunities in flight just like the normal carol but she has i'm just getting warmed up it's an active superpower cost two. choose an interactive train feature or, or enemy character either or size four or less and within range two and throw it medium. The super can only be used once per turn. So she has Hulk throw, which we know is the best throw in the game. So she has that. I'm, I can't believe they put this on her. It's incredible. Well, you got to get the binary. You, have, I guess, to get, you, you know? have to get into binary and using it will inherently start taking you out of binary. Of course, it's like, she's like a six threat character in binary, right? In binary, but she's a, she's a four threat character, three, three she's and a five. half threat character, in normal form. It's that sum of her being a five and kind of splitting the difference. Yeah. But continuing with, she also has an active ability ready or not costs zero power action. This character merely makes a move action followed by attack action. Power can only be used once per turn. She has a charge that's, and that's nuts. And closing out her abilities, Chris, she has a reactive ability. I don't need a power up to kick your butt costs zero power. When this character spins or loses power, after the effect is resolved, if this character has three or less power, it may use the superpower. This character transforms into Captain Marvel, Cosmic Avenger, normal. It may transform. Very interesting because right? th- notice everything on the binary side, everything except the charge. In in a way, the charge still costs something. Everything costs power. Yes. Right? So even your your basic attack, which is excellent, costs one power. So you need to figure out, man, what a fine line of managing her power. But when she can manage her power, she can do everything mm-hmm. in the game. Right. The only thing she doesn't have is a ton of mobility, and that's good. <laughs> Correct. So I'm blown away by this character, Chris. Like she might not be the one I'm most excited to play in this box, but I think she's probably the strongest in this box out the gate. I, I don't know that she's the one I'm most excited to play either. I mean, A Force players are 
rejoice. Cheering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're cheering. She's she's incredible in that affiliation just already. It's insane. Yeah, we'll no, talk more about her in the she's future. She's awesome. I can't I can't wait to see uh, how people use her and where she ends up. It's very exciting. Oh, Chris, but we got to move on to someone that I've been saving towards the end for a lot of reasons. And I'll just read his card real quick. Doc Ock, the sinister scientist. Cool distinction of his name. Otto Octavius, of course. His defenses are four physical, four energy, three mystic. He has a stamina of six. He's a size two model on a medium base. Uh, once again, we didn't mention it earlier, but Ultron and his grunts are on medium bases. So keep that in mind. And Doc Ock moves medium on a medium base. It's that spider foe's life. Oh, yeah, a, baby. He is a, and of course, closing it out, keeping with our theme of going adjacent from other core set models, he's a four threat version of Doc Ock, and we're going to see why. I'm going to talk about his attacks. There are three. They're very similar to core set Doc Ock. He has striking tentacles. It's range three, physical attack, strength of five, power cost of zero. It's his strike, gains power equal to damage dealt, and he'll trigger flurry of arms, which he had on his original one, which yep. is incredible, but this is better because now he has five dice. When making this attack, each wild counts as two successes. So occasionally this strike can really burst out of nowhere. Correct. Keeping that theme going, he has armed lasers 2.0. It's an energy attack, beam four, strength of four, power cost of zero. On a wild, you're going to trigger incinerate. So what's incredible about this, Chris, is like, this is just incinerate fishings, right? Because if you've got a bunch yeah. of models lined up in a beam, you're probably getting incinerated on one of them. You'd hope. I mean, this is, this, that's something I do. Okay. That's part of my play pattern. Not with this character, but it is a thing I Deep do. Yeah. Strategy here. Yeah. We're learning about Chris's place, but no, I mean, I think well, it's just pie. I just use pyro dog. That's yeah. 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 It's a tool. <laughs> it's a tool that he has. It's not what you want to do all the time, but it's a nice it's, tool. It's really good in the right situations. Absolutely. Yeah. And closing out his attacks, he has a physical attack, scientific breakthrough range three. So we're keeping all of his ranges long, which I really like strength of seven power cost of four. If the attack deals damage after it's resolved, target character gains bleed, poison, shock. Man. What? Just one damage. <laughs> That's so is awesome. all you need. Yeah. So before we talk about this incredible gift that AMG gave us by giving us an unexpected leadership, mm -hmm. I'll talk about his three superpowers. He has Ox Grasp. It's an active superpower for three. We love it. Choose an interactive train feature or character, both size three or less. Within three, throw it short. We just saw Another it on one. Peter. With Another the character, one. this is either or. Oh man, Chris, we love the ones that just cost the price that are either or. Versatility is incredible. Also, Absolutely. that range three catches your opponent out. It's actually one of the better things the classic Doc Ock has that people are never ready for. He also still has scientific hubris, the innate superpower. When this character rolls dice, anytime you roll dice on attack, defense, dodge, pay to flips, etc. After the effect is resolved, if the roll contained one or more crits, Doc Ock gains one power. So He's got his own version of Beast's provocative skulls or Shuri's scientific skulls. And of course, Chris, he has wall crawler innate superpower. Perfect. But let's talk about this leadership. Let's. I'm very excited about this one, mostly just because it's got a name that I love. This is the <laughs> Sinister Six leadership. It is the affiliation Spider Foes. So another Spider Foe leadership. You love to see it. Once mm -hmm. per turn, after an attack targeting an allied character is resolved, if that character is not dazed, it gains one power. Additionally, once per turn, when an allied character suffers damage from an enemy attack, after that attack is resolved, it may remove one of the following special conditions from itself. Shock, slow, or incinerate. Mm. This is pretty good. I really like it a lot. It makes me very happy. It's very mid-range. It's just very like, are you playing MCP well? Is your opponent playing the game? You're just getting a benefit out of this blanket. It's another version of a ramp squad. 
Yeah. It's very good, in, you know, very good into attrition teams to make them not want to attack you when they're literally built to attack you. You know, it's just, there's a lot to think about here. And the removing of those incinerates is just wild. Yeah. And I like that it's like attack resolved. It's not like some sort mm-hmm. of like contingency of like they dealt damage or they didn't deal damage yeah. on the first part. It's just, did you survive? Okay. You got more power. Correct. So like, this is incredible on something like Rhino or Lizard where they have this high health pool. They can do more things with more power. Oh, you didn't kill Lizard. Now he has three power for exceptional healing. Oh, now Rhino has his slide. Yep. There's a lot of elements stacking on top of other elements that I think this is just going to catch people out. Because yeah, it, as Chris said, it is ramp. And the, the second part is just unique because we haven't seen... The only, th- the only thing we've seen with conditions that was such a big deal was the Strucker leadership. Mm-hmm. And that's that's more like synergistic. This is just more, well... We're good with science. We get rid of conditions, <laughs> right? You know, I like it. I like it a lot. Shock, slow, and incinerate. The spider foes don't like that. So the theme is very on point. It's a good spread without being too overpowered. There's yeah. There's still things you can get on them that will stick and will affect them. So Oh, yeah. You know, good Stun stuff. Stun and, and Stagger are still out there. They're going to be. You can still, you know, put these conditions on them, uh, namely poison and just not attack and let it do its, let it do its thing. Yeah. hundred percent. But also now it's like, Oh man, are the spider foes a force on demons downtown? We'll see, you know, uh, it's looking, it's like looking things pretty like good. So I don't we'll, know. We'll see. You know, I don't know if this new, team likes that though. We'll see, uh, that new cat, the, the Carol being immune to incinerate like the core Carol is oh, really yeah. interesting. On, 100% on things like that. But so I think this Doc Ock is like the sleeper of the box where he just he reads really basic. He sounds solid. But I think more as the game goes on, we're going to see foes just getting a second leader in general is just insane enough. Right. I think it's really strong. They yeah. they needed something and they've got more options now. Yep. Yep. They've revealed that more more models are on the way that have yet to be revealed for foes as well. Oh, so exciting. It's very exciting. So it's a it's a good time to be playing anything in the spider family. 100%. Well, let's close out this last card, Chris, and then oh, we buddy. will talk briefly about those character images they did give us. I'm glad you mentioned that because we've got, we've got a couple thoughts. Let's close out these characters with the Winter Soldier operative. It's our second, Bucky Barnes. He has a physical defense of four, energy of three, mystic four, pretty respectable stat line. He's got a stamina of six on his healthy side. He is a size two medium mover, and he's going to cost you for threat. Upgraded Bucky. Here we come. He's good. First out of three attacks is a physical attack. It is spec ops rifle range five strength of five power cost of zero. It is his strike. So he will gain power equal to the damage dealt. And on a wild, he will trigger suppressive before damage is dealt for each wild in the attack roll the target character loses one power. Managing the power on your opponent, it's going to be a new thing, uh, much more viable. We have a lot more options coming in. You know, we've we've had Rogue for a while. Yeah. We're getting a lot more options where you can kind of build that in a little bit more reliably. His next attack is an energy attack, concussion grenade, range three, strength of five, power cost of one. If this attack deals damage after the attack is resolved, the target character gains the stun special condition. Nice. So they'll get the power from being damaged from that attack, but they will have stun going forward. Stun on demand, yeah. Pretty nice. On a wild, you will trigger blinding flash. After the attack is resolved, the target character and enemy 
characters within range two of it gain the shock special condition. I love that. Yeah, no, it's I love that. galore. <laughs> yeah. And his final attack, his big spender is another physical attack. It is the red agent range three strength of seven power cost of three on a wild and a hit. You will trigger clean sweep. After this attack is resolved, deal one damage to each other enemy character within range three of this character. So it's within range three of Bucky himself, not the target. There's a lot. It's pretty a lot. interesting. That's yeah. a lot. And that's just his attacks. Mm-hmm. Well, keeping his superpowers going because they are pretty interesting. He does have hit and run. We've talked about a lot this episode already. Cost two power. Love, yeah, this love is hit good and run with the with those attacks. Like yeah, he gets to attack and then move away, right? With for one. Yeah. One yep. action. It's and good he's stuff. always got a range five, strength five attack online. So it's going to keep that, range. That hit and run is going to be really, really good for getting off a concussive grenade and getting out of there. Things like that. Makes him feel more d- dynamic too, certainly. Mm-hmm. We, our classic Bucky doesn't have that. He has a react ability called kill box. It's a power cost of three. When an enemy character ends in advance or place within four of Bucky, Bucky may use a superpower, choose an interactive train feature of size three or less and within two of the enemy character that was advanced or placed. Destroy the train feature. The enemy character suffers a collision as if the train feature had been collided with it. Superpower can only use once per turn. This is Goblin's trick or treat. It's unexpected damage. It is. It's really scary to be removed during your own activation and just do nothing. Yes. Right. So he's, I think this is one of his scariest things. It's always a threat. And maybe that's what he's doing with the spec ops rifle. He's building a power, set up these kill boxes, right? Where he can, he can blow up areas and, and get you. Well, if you, if you keep him in the back, he's definitely not getting targeted by attacks because he does, in fact, have stealth. <laughs> yep. Is this our first instance of stealth with a range five attack? Yes, with a range five, but it's not our first I, not, not stealth with, outside yeah. of stealth, which I, we've had that several times now. Still but. unusual. Only a couple times on that. Uh, Moon Knight and Fury Senior, right? I think uh, uh, the, the, new, n- the new Widow has that, I do believe. Right. So yeah, now it's becoming more common, but it's still like, okay, four or five characters out of like 160. Right. Still it's, pretty rare. It's it's a rare thing. And you know, as it should be, I think it's really cool. And closing out his card, Chris said he has stealth, which is great. He also has the Spetnaz training, like our original Bucky. If you're range one of him, his attacks and defenses are just better. So if he's right in your face, very close, especially on those objectives, be careful because those rerolls are really going to make a difference and he's going to get a lot more damage off or he's going to be more defensive than you expected. Well, he's he's going to sit on, he's going to be have the opportunity to sit on a back point, get shots off. And when you send someone back to deal with him, if you want to contest that point that he's on, you're going to be dealing with his reroll. It's it's a very strong kit. I agree completely. So that's the core box, Chris, thus far. We're not going to do tactics cards today because no. we don't have them all. We want to have them clearer. We want to digest them, get them to you guys. So that's going to be coming in future episodes. But we do have some reveals from AMG. We did talk about these on the After Dark a little bit. But we got to talk about the main feed, Chris. You know, let's just get the the two models out of the way first because they did reveal Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, and Gwenum, Gwen Stacy, are coming to the Web Warriors, as one would assume, in the future. So, so, so exciting, especially Ben Riley. They nailed the costume. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I'm really excited about both these models. I was really unexpected to see both of them at this point in time. I mean, not that I didn't think we we're going to see them. I, we're definitely going to see them in the game at some point in my mind. And I, I think they're very interesting additions, mostly it'll be because I want to see their kits, Chris. I just really want to see their yeah, kits, especially I want to see their kits very much. Th- like they could go interesting routes and 
I don't know. I think they're very inspired and very high on my list of like, they immediately just shot to the top of my list of excitement uh, with stuff that's coming. So I feel like I'm just going to have a really good year because if we're getting Web Warriors, Spider-Foes, and Mutants, I mean, those are my three favorite that's things pretty, in Marvel, right? That's pretty good for you. So yeah, but let's move on to those Spider-Foes. Let's talk about these foes. Uh, we have oh my goodness. four Spider-Foes revealed. We have the two Electrical Boys, Electro and Shocker. Both really cool sculpts, man. We've got the Vulture, which we've all been asking for for a long time. He's here. Mm. But the 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 really unsurprised, I mean, aside from getting both Shocker and Electro, I wasn't expecting to get both. Yeah. I was thinking kind of one or the other. But the, the real surprise here is Sandman. I did not expect them to be able to figure out a way to translate his power set into this game. Mm-hmm. But apparently they did. We'll find out. The sculpt looks awesome. He's going to come with two Magneto-style constructs. Yep. One, sand you know, a giant hand made of oh, sand. And it. another, just, you know, sand coming up and swarming out of the out of the ground. Nailed the sculpt on all of these. Extremely excited for the Spider-Foes' future. They're getting a second leadership. Their, their roster is going to be massive. Man, what if what Sandman transforms, Chris? Like, what if he transforms to his body form and he's like a brawler in your face and then he transforms into like the two constructs you know and man there's the no real telling i will not be surprised if the constructs just kind of have can do things within like range two yeah, of, three, of them or something, something or even if they can move i've just I, nothing's nothing's beyond them at this point it's incredible i think he's arguably the most exciting model we've seen released for the game because of what I, I think what it means for the sculpt itself, which is a lot of cool elements. You've got corset elements in the base that those, those traffic lights and, and park lights. And then additionally, you've got where the, could they go with this design? I think he's probably one of the coolest models that have been announced for this. I game. think he's, he's the kit. I want to see the most. He's the car. Yeah. I need to see the most. We have our thoughts on what, these other foes could be right. It's ben pretty- Riley's probably my favorite of these characters, uh, especially Fair. in that that classic Scarlet Spider. Oh yeah, it's classic. costume. That I mean, it's that so is good. one of the first comics I bought off of a you know shelf in a grocery store. Was like incredible. You know, one of those '90s Scarlet Spider runs, you know, and I just. It, it left such an impression on me. I get that. Yeah, it was Spider-Man 2099 for me, right? So it was, I have it. That was like the fourth comic I bought. Exactly. <laughs> we're like, it was Miguel. <laughs> we were going at the same time. Uh, prime time for this <laughs> Spider-Man yeah, clone, content. Clone Saga was, was in full force and not awesome, but at least it gave us cool covers as kids to love. This is so exciting stuff, Chris. So yeah, this was our quick initial run initial takes what we thought about these models we're going to dive deeper to them in the future we got a lot of content planned for the show we got tons of time to catch up on all this and look at this stuff deeper but the future is really bright for mcp chris i mean new format new core set presumably wakanda coming soon new wakanda models coming soon all this spider foes web warrior content coming in the new year with mutants I don't know. I'm just a lot. There's a lot nine. going on. It's kind of insane. So they're, we're really excited to be talking about this with you guys. And they're really, uh, they're really kind of coming full force after, after a little lull, aren't they? A hundred percent and good on them because I can see why they needed to be quiet because there was just so many things to plan and announce. And this is the way to do it. Like when it's all ready to go, all ready to be revealed. And Gen Con was the place to show it. People saw the models in person and everyone I've heard from that went to Gen Con was like, the models are even better in person because they played those demos and, and got to actually see the models. Incredible. And that uh, that core box is coming out relatively soon. 
October is not that far away, Chris. Oof, got to start pinching my pennies now. Same. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Of course, find us everywhere online at Fury's Finest. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch. And find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast. If you need to email us, check us out at Fury's at gmail.com. And you can leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really means a lot to us. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for the show's music. And like Jesse said, please help spread the word about the show. Rate, review, subscribe. It actually helps. Every little one helps. Yeah, Chris, people find the show all the time. You know, we're coming up on our four year anniversary of this show. It's and it's wild. like, because we're going to have our anniversary right when AMG's having their game anniversary. So and cool. people find us all the time. They're just like, I just found you. And I'm going back through the backlog. And I'm like, wow, that is incredible. That's insane. And thank you for doing that. But you yes. know, it's probably because someone referenced our show to them or they found us online from someone mentioning us or something like that. So keep it up, guys. It really means a lot. Of course, you can find Chris and I on various spaces online. You can find me, Jesse, on Twitter, Instagram, Discord, and Longshanks, all the same place, at Jesse Aiken. That's J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. And speaking of AMG content, I do a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast called Hello There, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. Find us everywhere online at Hello There Cast and on your podcast platform of choice at Hello There, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. Chris, where can everyone find you? Right now, just find me on Discord. You can hit me up. I'm Strong Style in most of the MCP Discords. That's my username. I'll be Chris something uh, mm. in there as my display name. Uh, sure. Feel free to hit me up, guys. I would love to chat MCP or any other weird thing. Perfect. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed this journey of me and Chris just kind of like going through every element and we're excited to return to this very soon and we we will. And, you know, we got a lot of plans around this content. This is a very exciting time. Well, until next time, thank you for listening. True believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 